I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs and Joe Hugan with you here. Joe, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, hanging in there, trying to uh, lick the wounds from not being able to play this game Saturday. You know, I I, I didn't think, I knew it was a, a possibility. As soon as they announced the game, obviously Michigan has, has missed the last couple of games. I knew this was an option, but... It hit me harder than I thought it was going to. Just this realization, you know, somebody had said uh, on you know one of the podcasts or something I'd read. I wish I knew exactly where it was, but I heard somebody mention before the Wisconsin game that you know this may be the last game we get. This may be the last time we see this Hawkeye team on a on a football field this season. And I hadn't even considered that up until that point, and, and that really hit me hard. And then to have this uh, become a reality, and obviously there's there's a chance for a bowl game, and we'll talk about that. But this hit me harder yesterday than I thought it would because I had gotten myself pretty excited to see the Hawkeyes one more time under the lights of Kinnick Stadium against those helmets if not a typical Michigan team well yeah it was the first time that you know we've been stopped uh, through our progress <clears throat> excuse me through our progress I mean it, it's really the first time that it's out of our control completely and I think that's what hurts the most because they've made such good progress throughout the year and you know, the first two losses of the season when we kind of all felt that maybe this might be going in the, the wrong direction and they completely, you know, changed the direction of the program and, you know, ripped off. Uh, so it was it was something that I was really looking forward to seeing. Um, wasn't really expecting Michigan to be the team. I was, I was more expecting Indiana, but, you know, they pulled out as well, Indiana and Purdue. So just the first time really kind of hit us uh, directly um, when it hasn't been a problem all year, thankfully. Which, I mean, if you if you put everything into perspective, and, and hearing Kirk Ferentz yesterday, as he you know spoke with the media, planning to talk about the upcoming game against Michigan, but just a couple hours before that, it had been canceled, so it turned into a press conference about the cancellation of that game, and, and he doesn't want to, to try to you know force another game into this week, and I understand why from his perspective, uh, but then you hear him kind of talk about the bigger picture perspective of, hey, we, we got eight games in, we didn't know that this was possible you you saw other teams all around us I think I was the only Big Ten West team that that got to play all eight games and so in the bigger picture I should be more grateful that that we haven't had this issue come up before now that, that we didn't miss any of these other games that we didn't miss a, a trophy game or a big rivalry game we got to end some streaks and continue some streaks and all those things and yet I still sit here like a petulant child you know <laughs> give me my ball I, I, I want the thing you promised me 
thing. Uh, and so it does suck. Going back to, you know, you talk about the the possibility of that matchup with Indiana, and I think that's the one that we all wanted and, and probably wouldn't have happened as we saw Indiana shut things down as well. Um, did, did you have a problem with what the Big Ten ultimately decided? Yeah, I don't know. I've gone back and forth through this. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State is is the best program in the Big Ten, and it hurts to say it, but they have been for a long time. Um, nobody's really challenged. It used to be the big two and the and the little eight. Um, there's not even that anymore. Ohio State is just dominating. Now, there's some programs, you know, vying for a, a challenge, but this year kind of stifled all that progress, and nobody has really put up much of a fight. They deserve to be where they're at, but not in the process of which you know, the, the season played out the big 10 completely baffled the beginning of the big 10 season. They baffled, um, the, the protocols for, um, you know, players being able to play, uh, they, they doubled it. So they really put themselves into a corner and they made their own worst nightmare in this situation. So then they had to go back on their word and allow Ohio state, which it's not Ohio state's fault. A lot of people look at them as the bad guy in this, and it's really not. They, they are the best team. They haven't been able to play, uh, teams like Michigan, you know, weren't able to, to play them in their, their annual, uh, you know, the best game, the biggest game, uh, on the biggest stage. It's not their fault. So they're, they're kind of sitting there and they wanted to play Indiana. Indiana wasn't going to be playing them. They said they, they had COVID concerns, whether it was or not, I don't know, but they, you know, they didn't certainly ha- didn't have any, uh, uh, you know, incentive to do so. They had already lost to Ohio state once and there was no real reason. They already had the qualification of games to make the, the title game themselves. So just a lot of, of, of weird things going on. And, you know, it kind of seems like some teams may have kind of checked out on the season already, but Iowa being that we've played all of our games and, and met that challenge kind of seems like we should have a plus one in that category and get a little, a uh, little love from uh, college football. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I don't have a problem with what the Big Ten did uh, in regards to Ohio State. And I really don't have a problem with what the Big Ten ultimately did with this Champions Week and, and the matchups that they they created. Uh, it's it's hard as an Iowa fan to look at things from the bigger picture perspective because we see things through our, our window and we want to play Indiana, who's a good team. I want to see this Hawkeye team measure up against a good team. We're kicking the crap out of bad teams. Let's play a good team and see how well, good yeah. we really are. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and and that's why I didn't understand why we didn't pull the draw of Indiana over Michigan, because Indiana was the best team, the second best team. Well, we're being told the second best team in the East. So we should have been playing them. That's what they said at the beginning of the year. Yes. Which was confusing to a lot of people. Now, the only thing that I could come up with is they wanted to give home field advantage to those teams that earned it. Mm. And we, you know, earned our home field advantage as being, you know, the second best team in the Big Ten West. So they they gave us a, a home game against Michigan, and that's the only thing I could come up with uh, for that that reasoning. But my, who my, knows if that's my right. thought is, you know, they they wanted to preserve some of these rivalry games, and and to us here in Iowa, the Indiana Purdue game doesn't seem like a lot. We all know that Michigan or uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota have a big rivalry mm-hmm. game, but you know, like for instance, if we had missed out on the Nebraska game this year for whatever reason, COVID and, and one or the other of the programs it would be fun then to this week get to play that game for a trophy in a big rivalry where we get to talk crap to our neighbors and all this stuff so <laughs> i i understand why they wanted to preserve some of those things and as i said several times on uh on radio shows and podcasts and on twitter uh leading up to the cancellation yesterday in 2020 if you're going to give me a ninth game against michigan under the lights at kinnick i'm not going to be upset about that i will take it no. um and so you know it's it's a it, the big 10 has certainly put itself 
himself in a bad spot several times throughout the last few months, mostly by making definitive statements too early before they needed to. They they didn't leave themselves the flexibility that they ultimately needed and ultimately used to get Ohio State into the Big Ten championship game. I feel like if if there was a little less ego, if there was a little yeah. more just kind of, hey, you know, we don't know how this is going to go. We're not sure because the Big Ten is always sure, right? Uh, if, yeah. they, if they were able to come out and say, hey, we're not sure how this is going to go. Uh, this is what we hope happens, but we're going to leave all this open to uh, to change a- as we need to because uh, this is a weird year and everything is up in the air. And uh, if they had just kind of been less definitive at the beginning of all of this, even, even canceling the season back in August, yep. uh, it would have really put themselves in a better position to to then play this whole thing out. Yeah, the, the wait and see. They, they didn't collaborate with anybody. They, they wanted to be the leader. I get it. The Big Ten is the premier, I don't know if they will be after this season, but uh, <laughs> the premier program of the Power Fives. Everybody kind of listens to them, and so they took the approach that, well, when we talk, they listen. Well, they all wanted to play football, and in the South, they were going to play football regardless. But I think the you know wait and see, maybe collaborate with the other Power Fives, and you know be a leader that way, rather than taking the lead without having a plan in place, it just didn't seem like a great approach, and it really put a lot of teams in bad positions, and in coaches, and and everybody else, and fans in general, just wondering what is really going on. So, this season was great for Iowa. Glad to see the improvements and, you know, meeting adversity head on and being able to play a full uh, a slate of games, which there's only three in the Big Ten. Um, unless I'm, I'm yeah, unless any, right. Yeah, the other ones. Yeah, it's crazy. So we were lucky and, you know, fortunate for that going on to next year. It's going to it's going to be, you know, difficult to repair that uh, that image of the Big Ten. But I'm, I'm sure they're, they've got something in the works to try. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Should make a note here as we're eight minutes into a podcast that drops on National Signing Day. Uh, that's that's just not a thing that I'm into. It's not a thing that Joe is into. We we can't cover that at the level that people who care about it would want that to be covered. Uh, yep. that, that'll be covered extensively by Rob Howe and, and the crew at Hawkeye Nation. So check out HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, the places that, that do recruiting well, do it really well. Uh, for me, it's just not a thing that I'm able to really get my – it, it doesn't stoke my passion as a Hawkeye fan. I want I'll, no. I'll see these guys on the field. I'll I'll pay more attention to them when they when they are Hawkeyes. And so that's just a note that we're not going to dive way into this. Uh, yeah. what, what looks to be a, a very good recruiting class that that I was put together here. Yeah, that's about uh, as much as I pay attention to it. But like, hey, the people that know are saying it's good, so I'll I'll pay attention when they uh, they hit the field uh, next spring, and we'll see how that uh, all plays out on the uh, the roster. So, so, so uh, I'm the same way with you. Yes, yeah, so, so, you know, until they prove it, I don't know. 
So, so now it's 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 a bowl game is, is kind of what we're looking at here. Um, we don't know what that looks like. Is that you know a citrus bowl, that type of level of a bowl, or, or, or is it Orlando? Is it Tampa? Probably not a New Year's Six bowl since Iowa doesn't get that you know the data point, the the thing they like to say the the extra win. Uh, be that over Michigan, you know, g- go out and, and show yourselves to be dominant over a team like that, or you know, in, in all of our wildest dreams, a game against Indiana, which really would have paired up, you know, the the probably number three and number four teams in the Big Ten. Uh, so that's probably off the table, but my hope is, you know, because this is a weird year where a lot of people probably aren't going to be traveling to these bowl games. Certainly not the numbers that that normally do. Uh, there will be restrictions on on a lot of things, and so this is going to be a TV show. So my my hopes are number one. As I, as I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, I want to see this Iowa team match up against a good team and maybe even a team that people think are better than Iowa. I want to see what this mm-hmm. team can do. I want to see what Spencer Petras can do when he has to do it. I want to see what this defense uh, – I want to see this defense hold a really good offense to under 24 points. Um, I want to see Tyler Goodson prove that he's the best running back in the Big Ten by running wild on an SEC team. So that that's my number one thing is the opponent. And then number two, you know, you just hope you get a good time slot on a good TV network network and uh, and can kind of show off uh, as you head into a into another weird off season. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with all that. And I, I think that we'll, you know, we're going to get a good matchup, um, provided that the Bulls uh, continue to hold on. Some of them have already canceled. Um, yeah. You know, and I can understand why it's, uh, you know, the market being as it is and people not traveling. Like you said, it's it's going to be difficult to make up those dollars and make it make sense. Um, a lot of people have been throwing out the the pitch of changing into a more diverse um, uh, playoff situation, which I kind of like the idea. It, it kind of makes the bowl games a little more meaningful. They say it devaluates the regular season, but I don't see that, especially in a year like like this year. Um, I think it gives you more control over your final destination. Um, you know what will happen. I, I I don't know going forward. I'd like to see them expand it a little bit. But uh, if we're going to talk fantasy here a little bit, I would love to see if if Iowa State ends up losing that that championship game. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Iowa play Iowa State. Would love that. I think that would be fantastic yes. if it was in the state of Iowa. As far as the TV market goes, I don't know, but you know, us Iowa fans, the whole state of Iowa would be tuned in. Absolutely, and uh, I, I think a lot of money would be spent too. So. I, I agree completely. And yeah, let, let's measure up. That that is a good team. You know, you may not like to hear it, but Iowa State is uh, is is eight and two, eight and one in the conference. They had the best Big Twelve season of any team. I think they uh, will probably lose to Oklahoma, but that that's not a foregone conclusion, which it would have been in just about any other season in Iowa yeah. State history. And so uh, I, I agree. I would I would love to see that. And Joe, I'm just kind of thinking on the fly here, but you know. I, I really want you and I to sit down, um, you know, sometime in January after a bowl game and really kind of deep dive into this football season and kind of what it all meant because it felt like it meant a lot um, at, at certain times, especially after that 0-2 start and the wild off season and, and you know, the, the direction of the program and Kirk Ferentz as, as the head of this program and you know, are, the, are these guys bought in? All of this stuff. Um, I, I don't want to do that yet because there's still a, hopefully another game to be played, and and I want to give us some perspective. Uh, but you know, maybe after the bowl season, we can find a hole in the uh, the basketball schedule there in January, and you and I can just kind of sit down and and really kind of pick apart 
what this meant, this six-game winning streak, um, you know, what the future looks like, all of this stuff. Because I think Hawkeye football, for as bad as it felt after two weeks of this season, and really for most of the offseason, I think we're in a, a really good spot. And I'm not sure I could have envisioned me feeling this way about this program in June, July, August, September, you know, at all. No, I, I totally agree, and we'll we'll have to definitely do that. It's uh, it's for for everything that's that's gone bad in the in the in the world. <laughs> um, this season was probably the most important um, for us as fans, but for this team specifically. And it couldn't have happened on a worse year, but they made something so much more. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to deep dive into that, and that's going to be fun to talk about because I I don't think there there's a um, a, a better year for Iowa to have made this happen than this year and it was important for every fan to see it so I I agree completely Another fun thing to talk about is we'll uh, we'll do the last oh, 10 minutes or so here on this podcast on uh, on Iowa basketball. Obviously, the, the number three team in the country and the game is this weekend. I mean, th- this is the, the one that we've all had circled ever since it got announced. Um, by all accounts, it sounds like Gonzaga has figured out their COVID issues and, and plans to make the trip to South Dakota this weekend. And so Saturday morning at 11 a.m., number one versus number three, national TV on CBS. It's your Iowa Hawkeyes against the Gonzaga. Zags, uh, let's. I'm I'm so excited for this game. I'm I'm just jacked for for Saturday morning. Oh, you have no idea. Uh, absolutely, this is this is things that you will be telling your ki- your kids will be telling their kids about. I mean, yes, is that important? It is that monumental. The things that Luca Garza and this team have done. I always got to mention Luca because Luca is doing things that haven't been seen in in 25 years um you know the ncaa keeps on coming up with stats in the yeah. big 10 this guy's breaking them he's shattering them um you know last year the wooden award uh, was, was awarded to um, um ob Tobin. okay and that guy whether he deserved it or not didn't even start his season last year like luca garza starting it this year he is on a tear i mean iowa is averaging 100.5 points a game and Gonzaga, they've only had three. They're at 93 points. So, I mean, it's going to be hopefully a scoring affair and hopefully enough defense to hurt off uh, the Zags. But this game in and of itself, I can't recall of a bigger game other than that Fab Five game that Iowa had when we weren't even really ranked, you know, all that, that, that high. This is going to be it. This is going to be the the one, and I think we can pull it off. Yeah, I think you, we can do it. I, I was born in 1982, and so so I was on the verge, I think, of doing things that haven't happened in my lifetime. And yeah, I can't think of a bigger game. It's certainly not in my adult life that that has this kind of hype, this kind of feel to it. That being said, is this a I guess how important is it that that I will win this game versus just show that they belong on the same floor as a team like Gonzaga? Because Gonzaga has proven over the last you know decades that that they're one of the elite programs in the country, and and this team looks like as good of a team as they've ever had. Um, but but Iowa again is is right up there. I, I don't think you have to win this game by any means. I you know calling this a must win would be ridiculous, but. Mm-hmm. You do need to show that you belong with with this team. I, th- I think you were able to do that against North Carolina. I think had had Iowa lost that North Carolina game, this game would feel a lot more important as far as putting it in the win column because you needed to prove that you could beat one of these blue blood teams. Uh, and and Iowa did that, you know, 
handily against North Carolina. So now Iowa, I think, has shown the country and shown shown us as fans, really, uh, that they are good enough to be ranked in that top five. Um, so, so I really think that the most important thing Saturday is go out there and really compete and and be close. Give give Gonzaga at least a scare, if not pull away and win this thing. You're absolutely right. the The upside is huge. We beat we beat the Gonzaga. You have the number one spot in the country. Yep. You will be number one yes. if you do that. Yes, and <laughs> that is something that it's wild Iowa, to even say, Joe. That's wild yeah, to even hear you this say. Early in the season. Yeah. It's it's just hasn't been done, and these guys believe they can. They they know they can. I mean, if you, if you hear Jordan Bohannon, he, yep. he believes he believes they are the best team in the country, and I, you know they have beaten the Blue Blood in uh, North Carolina. Uh, Gonzaga's had two top fifteen teams um, already that they've defeated, but this is a game that is important for them to win because. It sets the tone for the Big Ten season, yes. which I, I was I was talking to Steve a little bit, and you know we were kind of discussing that that the Big Ten is really going to be where the significant portion of your challenge is going to be, just because this is probably the biggest uh, Big Ten lineup that we've ever had, yeah. and their ability to score points is off the charts. They've never scored points in the Big Ten like they have been this year. So that's going to be a challenge and a test every single game. And, you know, to be able to go throughout the, the week and, and the season back to back to back, I mean, you're going to have to prove it. I don't think we're going to go undefeated. But if we can, you know, get through the season with only two to three losses, that would be huge. I don't think we're going to go undefeated, but if we beat Gonzaga on Saturday, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm going to get a little closer to to that. Uh, going back to Friday night, it was fun to kick the snot out of Iowa State. It always is, and it's it has been the last couple of three years now in, in men's basketball, and well over 1,100 days now since Iowa State has beaten Iowa in anything uh, significant. Um, and and Luca Garza, what he did in that second half, um, I mean it's it's unlike anything a car do. It's it's one of the most I've ever seen on a basketball floor for a seven footer who has the inside game that we all know about, who who works as hard as he does, to be able to put you know essentially a Frank Garza workout video on the court against an in-state rival like that and hit four threes in, in just a couple of minutes, score twenty one straight points, and really uh, take that game from a nice comfortable win from the Hawkeyes to an absolute blowout uh, in just a couple of minutes. It's it's incredible. What he did that night, and uh, and and how fun it was to to really you know put little brother in its place. Absolutely, and he he takes a challenge. The guy takes a challenge. He he was uh, in foul trouble yep. on the bench, and you know that's some adversity, some things that he's learned from that he doesn't usually commit very often. But it challenged him to make a huge second half. The guy has gears that you just you, you don't see, and when just when you think he's tired or he's down, he reaches right back in and shows that he can do anything. The, the guy has not disappointed. He shouldn't be disappointing anybody. Um, his worst game was a double-double. That's <laughs> it's incredible. He's going to be doing this, I think, all year. And as long as he has that motor and everybody stays healthy, they can key on him all they want. They're going to get burned in so many other ways, and as they get burned – in all those other ways, from Jordan Bohannon, from C.J. Frederick, to Sant, to Wieskamp, all those names. 
they're they're going to go away from Garza and give him the openings he needs. So he has he has a lot of flexibility and options, and I think he embraces it all. This team embraces it all. They're they're fearless, and I think that's the the biggest thing that I've seen this year. Every single one of them, including Joe Wieskamp, who you know last year was was coming off a bit of a slump. And, you know, lacking a little bit of confidence, I think, this year, came around, he attacks the basket and, and really drives it to the hoop. So I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled with what this basketball team presents. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. 11 Saturday morning, uh, everybody's got their clock set for that, and uh, we will have that covered on HawkeyeNation.com. On all angles, I'll do a post-game instant reaction podcast, and unfortunately, we don't get to do two that day. I was really excited for the, <laughs> the kind of bookend day of, of Iowa basketball in the morning and Iowa football at night, but um, that's just okay. You know, before we get out of here, Joe, uh, we're recording this just after 11 o'clock on, on Wednesday, and, and right now, the... Uh, the, the, the Big Ten awards are coming out, are starting to trickle out um, on the defensive side. We saw yesterday Tyler Goodson, the first um, first team running back for the Hawkeyes since, since Sean Green in 08. Well-deserved for Goodson. Saw some other uh, accolades as well, Linderbaum and uh, Torrey Taylor, so some, of those, some of those things. But um, I guess Torrey Taylor will be tomorrow. That, that'll be the, the special team awards. But the big news has been named the – Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, the Nagurski Woodson Defensive Player of the Year, also the Smith Brown Defensive Lineman of the Year, uh, but the Defensive Player of the Year is Davion Nixon of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And his story is so cool. I mean, he's such a hard worker and, and a, a great teammate, and a guy that builds uh, everybody's confidence on that team. I mean, you can't ask for a better uh, human being on the team and I'm, I'm just glad that he, he's earned it and, and he's going to have a great NFL career and I can't watch I can't wait to watch him on Sundays love it love it Joe love talking to you man this is always fun uh, you'll join us again tomorrow night on the Hawkeye Nation radio show that's on KXNO from 7 to 8 o'clock and then uh, posted right here on the Hawkeye Nation podcast page check out all of the great work happening at HawkeyeNation.com we cover the Hawkeyes uh, 24-7 Joe thank you man this is always fun Absolutely. Can't wait to uh, uh, see the Hawks this Saturday. And uh, go Hawks, as always. Yeah, thank you for listening. Go Hawks.